I get it. Finding faith-driven investing opportunities can be difficult. And then when you do find an opportunity, how do you invest with confidence knowing that this is the opportunity that best aligns with your core vision and values and also serves you and your family as an investment vehicle? In this episode, we're going to answer these questions and give you the things that you'll want to know when diving into your next opportunity. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the King of REI podcast. This is your host, Ellis Hammond, and we are in this incredible series around faith-driven investing. And part one, we talked about the three pillars of really what to look for when um, really what we think makes a great faith-driven investment opportunity. And then uh, part two, we talked about the misconceptions around faith-driven investing and what keeps so many on the sidelines or even in uh, really not investing with purpose and intention. So if you haven't had a chance yet, go check those episodes out because today we're diving in. Um, I'm assuming uh, that you have already listened to those. And so we're at the opportunity or the stage now where we can really talk about what to look for, the questions that you want to be asking when you're ready um, to start investing with intention and with purpose. And so the two questions I want to ask today specifically are, uh, where to find good faith-driven investment opportunities, and then what to ask for, and really what to look for when when you're when, when you find them. So the answer to the first one, we're going to speed through this really quickly. Where to find it? The reason we're speeding through is because I've made it easy. We have put together a two-page PDF of all the investment sponsors, asset managers that we have interviewed on this podcast show who have investment opportunities, who bring on investors to help fund their projects. Guys that and girls that align um, with our vision and values here at Kingdom REI that are faith-based and really investing in great opportunities. You can download that for free, absolutely free, and see exactly who they are, the type of projects they're working on, the type of investors that they're looking for. All you have to do is go to ellishammond.com forward slash faith, ellishammond.com forward slash faith, download that two-page PDF. And it's right there in your fingertips. I can't make that uh, more readily available for you than that. really want to help you in this season, in this journey of becoming a more intentional, faith-driven investor, becoming a better disciple for Christ and your finances. And so I think aligning yourself with the right people, those who share those same vision and values that you have, uh, is the first start in that. And so I um, want to just accelerate your path in that. So go to ellishammond.com forward slash faith to download that PDF. So. Answer one, where do you find it? There you go. Uh, but what's next? What about once you find that opportunity? How do you know? How do you invest with confidence, right? Investing 25, 50K, maybe it's your first time is a big deal, right? And so, um, you know, or investing more, this is your hard-earned capital. And so what are the things that you really want to be asking, that you really want to uh, know up front before you make a decision? Because the reality is most of investments that are not on Wall Street, because most of what we're talking about is alternative private investing, are illiquid assets, right? And so typically the hold on these things are three years could be, for example. And so you want to know with certainty and with clarity and with confidence that what you're investing in is something you want to be in for a while. And so the, the thing I want to make clear first is that I think most, because we're trained from Wall Street 
um, from movies, for whatever it is, that the most important metric is ROI, return on investment. And I just don't think that is the number one metric you should look at. I Don't get me wrong. We know this from the first pillar that success looks like multiplication. So you're, the investment opportunity should make money. But simply looking at the bottom line and saying, oh, this is going to make 12 or 15 or 20 percent. I should just invest with that is a huge mistake because it's not just how much it's going to make you, but it's how is this opportunity going to serve you along the journey that you hold this you hold this product or project or asset. Right. And so it's not just how much, but how it serves you, how it serves your family. And of course, we're going to get into how it really advances the kingdom as well. And so, um, you know, it's a couple questions you should be asking. Like, do you want cash flow right now? Or are you willing to table cash flow for larger equity growth? Right? Are you okay with, um, is this capital that you can afford to be a liquid for three to five years? Or are you going to need access to this capital? Are you okay to take some more risk with this? Or is this or is this capital that you know that you don't, you really don't want to um, have risk? You just want to see steady growth over time. Again, we talked about how long can this money be tied up for. Most of these investment opportunities are liquid, and can be that way for three years or longer. And then maybe last question here is how will this eventually be paid out to me? Right when you're ready to, um, or whenever this this opportunity, you know, reaches its its climax, how will this be paid out to you? And what are the tax implications for this type of investment opportunity? So these are the questions that I think up front I want to be asking when I'm looking at opportunities again, not just how much, but how does it serve me? How is this being paid out? And is that in line with where I am in this season of my life? Meaning, is cash flow important to me right now? Do I need that to supplement my income? Or am I okay to just table cash flow for right now? And is that going to contribute to larger equity growth later? How long can my money be tied up for? And how will this eventually be paid out to me as an investor? And what are the tax implications on the back end that I need to be thinking, right? Not just right now, but three, five years from now, how is this impacting me? Again, these are all questions that I want to be asking um, right now. The way this looks for me, I just give you a real kind of clear look into the way I think about this, where I am in this season. My two investment, you know, things that I'm investing most into is one, my business, because you know this, I know and believe I am my greatest asset. So our business here at Kingdom REI and our real estate investment firm are the things that we are most, you know, primarily uh, investing our own capital into, because we see that as the greatest opportunity for reward and also the greatest way we um, seeing as kingdom being advanced is the community that we're serving and the deals that we're buying. And so one, our business my two apartment complexes and the deals that we're buying there, listen, we just see this as for us in this season of life, um, one, from a cash flow perspective, having steady income from the, the cash flow of our apartment complexes, but also the long-term equity growth and the way that we know we can multiply our capital through our value-add strategies and buying large apartment deals. That's why those things are most attractive to us. And also because I do qualify as a real estate professional. The depreciation expense I get from buying a large commercial real estate is then applied to my ordinary income, which makes it even more beneficial for me in this season to be investing a lot of money into real estate, again, because of kind of the long-term legacy component of that. And so just wanted to give you, again, I, 
you know I love apartment complexes, think you should take a hard look at it too. But I, I just want to give you a look at how I'm thinking about this season of life and why we decided to really prioritize one, our business, and two, buying real estate, which is also our business as well, but it's also an asset class that we're heavily looking to to be a part of. So that's again the ROI conversation. I think the second component of this is the sponsor. Now that you've kind of identified what's important to you as an investor. And then you're going to go look at this list and say, okay, well, who are the folks that are doing the opportunities that really align with where I am in this season and stage of my life? So it's time to really focus on the person because here's the thing. You could have the greatest investment opportunity. We're not even talking about the opportunity yet. I'm talking about the people, the sponsor, because this is so important. You can have the greatest investment opportunity, but if it's not the right person, you're not going to enjoy it. It's not going to be a great deal. Are you aligned with this person as far as similar core vision and core values? That's so important to me, right? If I'm going to be placing capital with someone, do I believe in their mission? Am I aligned with their core values, right? So that's that's number one. Are they investing into an asset class that I'm on board with, right? Is it something that I believe in that I can see long term there's going to be a viable opportunity here. And again, it has a kingdom vision and a kingdom mission. Typically, I want to be involved in things that impact people. It's just my heart. I believe that it's at the heart of gas too is people is um, is God's most valuable uh, asset. And so I want to be investing in projects that really do impact the lives of people. I think also uh, thirdly, What's important to me when we're really looking at a sponsor or an asset manager is how well do they communicate with me? What does reporting look like? You know, I, I do think that in the world of private investing and alternative investing, um, we can look at a deal or look at a project. Go, oh, that looks really good. I like the vision. I like the mission. But fail to really ask the question, like, what's this going to look like during the life or whole of this project? And so being you know, communicated to effectively, knowing what reporting looks like is so key in this process. And then what is the level of transparency in which this person operates? Um, as a passive investor, again, you're not going to have answers to everything right away, but I think transparency is really key uh, to, to to this type of investing. And then some, um, you know, kind of technical things that I really look for and ask is, one, can this person pass a background check? Uh, you can get with an attorney to really, you know, go through this process or simply ask, hey, if I was to run a background check on you, would anything come up that I should be aware of? Um, and just because something does doesn't mean it's, you know, a total, um, you're just going to, you know, ha- you know, nix the project. But I do think it's important to know. Also, checking with other vendors, investors, what do they say about this person, right? What is their track record? What are the people around them saying, the people that they do business with on a daily basis? What are they saying about them? And then another important question I like to ask is, how many investors do you currently have? Are there other people who have um, who have the confidence and who have already placed capital with you? Those are the things that I'm really, when I think about a sponsor, those are the questions I'm really asking. Go back and listen to that because if you, you know, or write these things down so that you um, can have confidence when you're ready to make that decision around who you're investing with. So the who, and then lastly, the what, right? I, I just, again, like it's what's important and what's what lines with me and where I am in this season of my life. 
And then the who, do I have confidence about the who I'm investing with? And then thirdly is the what, right? And this is number three, and I think in that order is important, as I've just expressed. But the project itself, and so here are the things that I think, and this is I'm hanging my hat on. Again, you're listening to this show and getting my opinion, so I think I'm going to be um, really bold and, and honest about really what's important. I think investing in a project that has multiple revenue streams, multiple streams of income is so important. Right. Because how is your investment being um, being secured, being monetized? And so being in a project that has multiple streams of income. We've seen in, the, in 2020 with COVID-19 just how uncertain our economy is. And so if you're only your investment opportunities only relying on one stream of income, that puts your your capital at risk. And so I want to look for projects that have multiple streams of income. Again, apartment complexes, multiple you know streams of income from the renters, you know, the things that we're um, implementing there on the, 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 the project itself. But mainly when we buy large apartment deals, we have hundreds of people paying us rent each month. And so that's multiple streams of income. And we can afford to lose several of those. So multiple streams of income. I think also like who else is putting money into this and what position you're in. So really what I have in mind here is um, how is this being securitized? So is there a loan that's backing this, right? Is Does this project have enough confidence in it that the bank would actually go in and, and be an investor into this deal? Or is there venture capital, right? More sophisticated money backing this project. You know, if you're not super savvy, you don't have a ton of experience in investing, then knowing who else is involved in the deal and seeing other people involved in this is a good sign that okay, wow, if these people are willing to put up larger chunks of capital, then maybe I can have more confidence in this too. But I do think the second part of that is what position are you in, right? So if there's a if there's a lender in this deal, they're typically going to be in first position. So if, a, if we're buying apartment deals, the lender, the bank is in first position and the investors are simply in that second position, that's okay. But I think it's important to know what position you are in when you're investing in these projects. And then thirdly, does the business plan make sense? Listen, I'm a huge component and believer of this, or a huge believer in this component. If you can't understand it, you probably should invest in it, right? If you don't understand the business model, then you're really you're really not investing. You're really just kind of putting money on black, <laughs> if that makes sense. And so my philosophy is, if I can't understand it, I'm not investing in it. And so that you know that's going to be different for everyone. You know, for me, I understand real estate. It's why we like it's why we like it. And it doesn't mean that I won't invest in other asset classes, but I'm going to learn and understand the business model at least to some degree before I invest in it. And so I think you should really hold that value too. And then here's last the last question I ask is this still a good investment in 10 years? Do I believe in this enough that if I for some reason can't get my money back for 10 years, that I'm confident that I want to be with this person and with this project a decade from now? That's going to be really important because, again, like we're talking about illiquid stuff, but we're talking about projects that I believe in and missions and visions that I believe in. And I know that, you know, typically to accomplish big visions and big goals, it takes more than 12 months. It takes more than 24 months. It takes years. Right. And so I want to make sure I'm in something that I feel good about being in something for for 10 years, even if the project's not that long. Does the business plan make sense a decade from now? And so listen, 
go back and listen to this episode because there's so many things in here that will help you make good decisions as an investor, right? Really have the confidence and the clarity. Again, these are all the things that I've learned in just building a community that now manages over $2 billion of assets, right? And buying your own deals and being a passive investor in deals and, and having mentors in my life to really teach and guide me on this path. All the things I'm imparting to you in this episode are these key takeaways I've learned. So if you can't recite, you know, again, what the questions are you should be asking the sponsor, the things that you need to know about the project itself, then go back and listen to this episode because these are the things that can save you and save your hard-earned um, money um, from really being wasted, from really being put at risk. And so I hope this is helpful. Again, where to find these deals? ellishammond.com forward slash faith. If you haven't downloaded this doc yet, you're missing out. And so definitely go to ellishammond.com forward slash faith, download that. All you got to do is exchange your email. And then um, again, go back to listen to this episode to have confidence and clarity around your investment goals. Excited about this. Um, again, part one, we've already done the pillars of faith driven investing. Part two is the misconceptions. And so if you haven't had a chance to go listen to those, go ahead and do that as well. We'll see you next week. Thanks for your time. Cheers. Hey, just because the show's over doesn't mean the journey is. Listen, if you are a faith-driven real estate professional or investor, then you'll want to go to thekingdomrei.com to learn about our mastermind. If you're interested in investing alongside me in alternative investments like multifamily apartment complexes, then head to ellishammond.com to learn more about that. Cheers. Cheers.